Time in the saddle, another chance to catch up on the world of cycling. Chris Phillips Jr., myself, Ryan O'Connor, and special guest, Steve Atwell. How's it, Steve? Hello, good morning. Nice morning. to have you, uh, you. As, uh, as a part of this week's podcast talking about, uh, and it's relevant because we've just had Ironman take place, the, uh, the, the World Champs out in PE, and it's, um, it's been a great weekend, I think, for uh, some of the athletes that you've seen through, um, some of them their first Ironman, some of them just needing some work uh, before in preparation to the Ironman. You must be really chuffed. Oh, this was this is the pinnacle of triathlon, most definitely. Mm. The three of the, well, let's say, twenty of the best athletes in the world, yeah, racing the elite men's or, and then all the age groupers and the level there is just it's unbelievable. Mm. You know, you've got the top three or four guys from every country racing there, all thinking they can win their age group. So the times there are just absolutely phenomenal. It's and it's, the, it's got to be conditions as well, because I was having a look in, at the ocean conditions for the swim uh, and then the transitions. I mean, there's such, it's such an integral and delicate balance between all the disciplines that have to seamlessly match and kind of uh, join together. You've got to get your timing on everything right. Oh, absolutely. But, the, you know, every course is exactly the same for every athlete yeah. who's on that course. So yeah. from course to course, they do differ. The run can be a lot longer or transition can be longer from course to course. But on specifically on that day, we had very good sea conditions. It wasn't very wavy, although one of the pros caught a fantastic wave in and got about 20 or 30 meters on everyone else. It was great to watch. Then the run into transition, I'd say n- normal sort of distance for the guys. Jump on their bikes, they're out there straight away. Then everyone rides the 90Ks, and then they're back into transition. Actually, a separate transition, which was not always the same. And then it was that was cl- much closer to the finish line, so there's a lot more spectators there. The noise is absolutely wild. And then off those guys and girls go and run, and just the spectators on the course is phenomenal. The PE supporters are great you know they're very well adjusted to the Ironman guys coming there already so there were gazebos lining that entire run route it was there was nowhere where you could hide yeah. normally yeah. at Ironman you know you can hide around the corner and have a little <laughs> weep and a walk and no one can see you but here yeah, there was no chance for that there oh. was someone shouting for you at every single corner it looked amazing and the rain came down yeah so Saturday the girls raced it was beautiful they, yeah. we had probably 26 degrees they were actually, it was actually hot at one stage and that was amazing because a lot of spectators but yeah. the unfortunate thing is I'd say the only disadvantage of the rain coming down was that the spectators make a run for it so sure. it thinned out quite quickly when the rain came but it rained so hard like yes I haven't seen rain like that for about 20 minutes it bucketed down yeah. like really there was water flowing through the gutters like someone was just throwing water down <laughs> it was, I don't even know how to explain how much water there was yeah. <laughs> there was a lot like we're getting in Cape Town hopefully at the moment we should be getting over the next couple yeah. of days Chris I'm bringing you because as a cyclist predominantly as a cyclist did it ever cross your mind to to uh, practice the or get involved in other disciplines have you ever gotten in the water and tried something like a triathlon before um, no I haven't it's something I definitely would love to try mm. Would it be right, Steve, in saying that when people come to you, is they, let, let, let's also just have a look at what you do uh, in terms of not only triath- uh, triathletes and, and triathlons and training uh, individuals to compete in the, those disciplines, but I love the fact that you are and you have had successfully uh, clinics for youngsters to come along. And this is what I remember talking about not so long ago on a weekend show with Liesl van der Westeisen. Yeah, so that's a, actually a separate company. This yes. is called Sports Analytic, and oh. it's, it's all about getting kids involved in sport. Although there is a talent element to it where we can go in and test a sure. team, for example, to find out the specific strengths that you need for that position in a team, which we yeah. can do. But for us at the moment to get into the market, it's more about 
finding these kids that aren't playing sports because potentially say they've only got, you know, 11 people can play in a football team. And if Absolutely. you're the 12th, yeah. you're told kind of, no, you're not good in a football team. And as a youngster, you can't, you're just talking, oh, therefore I'm not good at sport. But we'll come in and we can test these guys and we can say, well, you might not be good at football, but this is the sport that you are good at. Sure. Through the assessments, we can find out. Those. I love that. I love that. And I want to give those mm. details out as well. Even though this is a cycling podcast predominantly, I love that. And I love that. Um, let's come back to triathlon. So where did it all begin for you? I lived in London for seven years when I left school and triathlon was absolutely on fire there. It was absolutely booming and I was lived in Wimbledon where most of the South Africans lived in London and there was a club called SAUK, like South Africa UK and there was about eight or nine guys that were building this club together and after six months this club, had, you know, the numbers were huge on this club and as at the same time London was exploding with triathlon as it was in, in America and all over Europe as well. So after those seven years, I left and I was just telling Chris earlier that I came to South Africa just on a holiday for three months, which I ended up never leaving because, you know, it was freezing cold. I just basically defrosted after three months and I thought, there's no way I'm going back. But anyway, I'd, I'd raced at the provincial champs here and there were only 60 people doing the entire race. And when I'd raced in provincial champs uh, in the UK, there were 120 in my age group. So, I mean, it was absolutely huge. So I kind of took it upon myself to start a triathlon club and that's when we started ATC and that was just more about pooling the guys that were already doing triathlon but they weren't doing it together they were just all it's a very individual sport you run yourself you you run yourself you bike you swim yourself sure there was no like amalgamation of any of this so I started to pull these guys together and create just a kind of a a platform for these guys to meet and train together right and then as that expanded you know we found guys that were only riding that wanted mm. to get into triathlon mm. and where there were guys that swimming that wanted to get into triathlon mm. so we changed the name from atlantic triathlon club to atc multi-sport and that could kind of then start to welcome the swimmers and the bikers the runners what a great success story and i mean uh, also the the whole culture around uh, triathlons it's grown and if you think and you've you got to acknowledge also the pioneers it was amazing i was listening to somewhere in one of the interviews during the iron man um someone was talking about competing many years ago with the likes of a reynolds tissink and etc etc and who was the there was one of the first also pioneers before reynolds tissink that did triathletes also a well-known south african um that competed on the international circuit paul and newbie frazy uh, could frazy? have been the yeah. lady the lady and who's the well there's a whole lot but they, they were like our heroes of triathletes when we used to have big involvement from corporates remember like they used to have the 5 FM Inner Jade mm-hmm. um, triathlon series which was big and it, as it was growing it just kind of a, I, I don't know if sponsors pulled out or whatever but it was growing it was massive yeah. they used to have one at Clan William I think one of the events out there it had a huge following and as it was picking up momentum it just in South Africa just fizzled out for a bit. Now we're having this resurgence yeah. uh, in interest and in people wanting to get involved, which is phenomenal. And I think, the, as like we said earlier, the more it gets and becomes household, the more likely the sponsors are to come back now because yeah. now they want their name associated with the sport that is growing because there's money there. I mean, you're... Yeah. Again, they didn't give us stats, but I mean, those bikes that are left there overnight in transition, I'd say on average, the bikes are worth 100,000 rand each and there's 3,000 men raced. Yeah. I mean, do the maths on that. And that's not the only bikes. I mean, Chris, we were talking about this the other day, talking about cyclists that have come into your store. Now, they've got a road bike, right? And they've got a road bike, they've got a mountain bike. They've got Now, you're really looking at some instances, 100K for a road bike. Maybe if they're very into their mountain biking, possibly another 100K for a mountain bike. Uh, and we know of somebody together who's come along and said, listen, I want a, a, a specialist. I want a, speciali- a specialist triathlete bike. Um, do you have on your floor? And we know who that person is. And they came and they said, well, I'll take one. I've got a mate that's doing with me. He's going to take one. This is aside from other equipment that they have. So you come back to your point about it being expensive. People are spending a lot of money yeah. in the sport. 
Yeah, no, definitely. To be competitive, I mean, I think it's a mental thing as well, standing on the line and having a mean time trial machine. If uh, if you look at all the bikes being there, you always feel a little bit out if you've got a normal road bike with clip-on TT bars. Um, and uh, the, I think the, the preparation the guys do on these uh, um, Ironmans, it's worth spending that extra bit of bucks and having a proper machine um, and going for it. Having said that, you can begin, I guess, yeah. with a road bike, and you don't have to go with that big investment up front if you want to kind of just uh, uh, compete. Mm. Well, the Ironman used to not allow mountain bikes on the course, so you had to have a road bike to start, yes. but they've, re- they've relaxed on that rule a little bit. As long as you've got straight bars got on you. the mountain bike, which most of them do have, you yeah. can ride in them. But I'll always say to the guys, like, just invest in a road bike sure. to start. Yes. You know, then at least you can ride the yeah. Argus. You can do the PPA races. 100%. You can use the bike all the time. Yeah. And then when you want to invest in yourself, when you've realized you like the sport and it's mm. now time then you can invest and get the stuff that you really need. Because it's not just about having a helmet anymore. Yeah. You know, these guys are riding in these state-of-the-art time trial helmets. They're looking like aliens. Yeah. <laughs> they do. And the way they ride, they don't move on yeah. those bikes. The only thing that moves is their legs up and down. They're absolutely dead still. It's just phenomenal to watch those guys. I would love to come, and I think um, uh, Chris would, as well would like to actually, and maybe we get our friend Jason Lynn to come and join us as well. Uh, who, by the way, Jason, if you listen to this podcast, I uh, hope that you've uh, uh, that you uh, that your kids have been screaming your whole holiday. Yeah. And you haven't had much Stop sleep. Stop sending us photos yeah. of that pool. <laughs> Jason's on a, away on a bit of a family vacation at the moment, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll hear from Jason again soon. Um, we'd like to actually get do a tri- uh, triathlon. Uh, we'd like to p- pinpoint one uh, and try and do one. And I think that we looked at something in Dubai uh, towards the end of the year. I think Jason s- signaled uh, or, or made his intentions known that we, we should look December, January. Apparently, there's one in Dubai that we could look at doing. Yeah. And we'd love to come in and, and be coached and, uh, and, and get ourselves ready so we could do this podcast live from Dubai uh, with your help. Wow, that would be amazing. They haven't actually released the date of that Dubai, yes. but they're looking. It's generally the first week of February. Okay, so perfect. We, we our, bought another month. Our seventy point three, which is in East <laughs> London, which is generally the last weekend of January. Yeah. So that will be on the Sunday, and if the date is what they what they've been talking about being, it would be five days later on the, the Friday, because in Dubai the yes. weekends are the Friday, so yeah. they would race on the Friday. So you guys could theoretically do a race on Sunday. And Five do another days one. later, you could do another one. I think on it's Friday. a great challenge. I think it's a great challenge. <laughs> Far-fetched that. No, I think it's. I think it's a good challenge. I think it's something that we can aim at and, uh, to, to do because I, I think it's doable. And I think with somebody like Steve coaching, I think, like he said, uh, six months. I think we're uh, we, none of us are, are not fit. We can mm. all do uh, the required. Maybe. Oh, you're not. You're not a bad runner. I'm not so. a bad runner. I can get and I can. I can. Breaststroke and doggy paddle for 400 kilometers. I'm far behind. I look like a drowning seal. <laughs> but yeah, I, I presume you guys would train with us here on the Atlantic Seaboard. Yes, we're yeah. Very lucky. I mean, we. Yeah. Although we do have a heated indoor pool that we practice at, uh, we joined the ATC Multisport, which is the club, and they have permission to swim in the canals at the waterfront. Oh. So it's sheesh. you've got about at the moment where we start, but they have refurbished all the waterfront. There's 100. 1,100 meters of swimming in that canal. And this is like, for me, this is the best kept secret in Cape Town. This water is absolutely crystal yeah, clean. It's cleaned it. It's it just, yeah. comes from underground because yeah. that foreshore used to be underground until they built the promenade. Yes. So you swim in that water. We'd never talk about sharks. That's the one thing we don't talk about. Yeah, but yeah. that water obviously got nothing in because yeah. it, this the canal sits eight meters higher than the harbor. Yes. So there's no it's way impossible. anything yeah, get yeah, in yeah. there. So but it's magic. That's it's incredible. beautiful to swim there. So you get a lot of practice swimming yeah. in your open water. And right back, you asked us, is the swimming the hardest one to get mm. into? A lot of South Africa and say oh we can't swim we can't swim but for me I say if I throw you into the pool mm. can you swim back to the side and you say yes, yes I can okay. swim back to the side yeah. I'm going to teach you to finish a half Ironman in six months time let's be confident enough to say that I have a question for you the, for yourself the hardest part in a triathlon where is that 
the, they changed the rules slightly with Ironman. They used to have one start, which meant that everyone started on the start line and everyone just ran for that water. And you had about 300 meters till you hit that first boy. And that was, for me, that was always the hardest part because the f- closer you were to the front, the less you were involved in that washing machine. So that became, that was a very like mm. um, anxious part. Right. All the guys felt anxious then. That's a bit of a problem because, you know, if mm. you're anxious and you're in your wetsuit, which is constraining you already, it's not, it's not an ideal situation to start the race. But now they've now they all start a staggered start. You right. seed yourself. So if you're swimming 25 minutes for the 1900 meters, you go to the start. Yeah. If you're right to the front, if you're only swimming 40 minutes, you stay behind. And mm. every 10 seconds, they let 10 swimmers go. Sure. So it's really really nice now. It's staggered throughout. Yeah. But your time only starts when you cross the line. So it doesn't right. matter if you start last That's or if you brilliant. start first. You get she your own brilliant. time. Yeah. The front guys want to race each other, so they'll all start as close to the front as as they want. Oh, and they make yeah. it look so easy. And then they're in the same outfit that they run and cycle in, which also I don't know if you're watching. I was like, is that not uncomfortable? Well, the first, like, you can see the first, like, 100, 200 meters, they're feeling like a little, a little sore, a little ana uh, after, after the transition. Um, some of them don't even wear, uh, and what's up with that? That's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know if this is a good question or not a good question. Uh, I watched the transition, and some of the front guys, some of them wore socks, some of them didn't. Mm. To run a half marathon without socks on, God, it'll be hurt the feet. So we'll teach you that, Ryan. I'd, really? I never wear socks. The only time I wear socks is if I wear long pants. Apart from that, I'll never, ever wear socks. And it's just because we used to watch the triathletes as youngsters and we wanted to be like them. So yeah. we took our socks off when we ran. You blistered for the first year. But now I can I can put on a brand new pair of shoes and now go and run. I can run a Shall half we? marathon. Hey, you want to blisters now? Oh, you've got long pants. You have got long pants. <laughs> Steve, how do people get hold of you? I'd love if you're listening and you're, you're, you're predominantly a cyclist and you'd like to venture out. And I can tell you, it ticks all the boxes. We haven't even spoken about how good this is for your health and how good this is for your well-being. Uh, because, and how good this is to use different muscle groups. Because even the difference between running and cycling, you're using different muscle groups uh, in, in terms of d- different muscles. So we haven't even got to the, the point of, of how... As an all-round um, discipline, tri- triathlon, uh, triathlons are for you and your and your and your being. Um, and, and I t- took me out of this past uh, Ironman to John Smith, is a good friend, and um, to watch him go. And he's not a small guy; he's a big guy. Mm. Um, he's got one of the the toughest minds in sport I think I've I've ever met. He's the kind of guy that if he says he's going to do something. He won't back out. Even if he hasn't put in sufficient training to do it, he will do it and he'll draw, like crawl over the line. I watched mm. him crawl over the line on the weekend, but he said he's going to do it and he did it. He, he, he's done it. And he does the same for the, uh, the Absa Cape Epic. He does the same for whatever he says he's going to do. He's got the most unbelievable mindset when it comes. That's a big game as well. I mean, yeah. you've got to, to put your mind to something and go, listen, I might not be fit enough to do this, but I've got the mental capacity to push this body to its limit and beyond. Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. I don't know if you, if you saw any of the, uh, if you saw him at, at the finish. He was in our age group. Yeah. Well, we lined up with him. And yeah. he, I mean, he's not a small guy. He's a big unit. He's, he's a, a unit. big unit. And he Massive. shuffled. I was watching videos uh, from, from mates along the way going, John's just passed us now. John was shuffling and his head was, but his mind was going, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep going until the, the Alan here from the last oak. I'm going to cross this line. But you see, he's also got a disadvantage because everyone knows him. Yeah. He, the moment <laughs> he, he can't stops, stop. people are screaming and shouting and they know his name, although your name's written on your on your race number anyway, but everyone just knows him. So he yeah. couldn't stop. The guys are, and it's so true. When you're tired and you've got that support, it's like pushing you. Yeah, pushing really, you it just yeah. helps so much. It really does. Steve, how do people get hold of you? How can people make contact with you? And I know you're very busy and very full. I know that they'll hopefully come in to the change of season and summer. Uh, it'll attract a lot more people and we'll have a 
lot more people involved in, in triathlons. How do people make contact? So Embark is the coaching company. Okay. Embark.co.za is our website. Otherwise, we're on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, nice. all the social platforms. The program for the East London has just started, and that is a six-month progressive program. Nice. So it's not a sales pitch, but we say to the guys, get involved as soon as possible yes. because it is progressing to get you over the line for the first time. You need to start at the beginning. So you start on 8Ks. But, you know, after three weeks, you're already running 12Ks, and then you have a rest week. Then you start on 12Ks again, you run 12, the following week 14, then you run 16, then you have another rest week. So it's that progressively builds you up towards yes. that distance. And the same with running, it's biking, and the same with the swimming. But if you miss that from the beginning, you kind of… You're going to you, catch up. Yeah, you, know, you do, because that date of the race doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. That race date True. is there. So yeah. that's the coached group program that we run, and then you can get an individualized program because the coaching is done for the guys outside of the work time. Mm. So you've got to work from eight to five and you train with us afterwards or before. But then there are guys who are very flexible. And then we do have coaches that can write a specific personalized program for them for specific goals. And obviously for world champs now, we had 18 athletes with that going for that. You can't give them a generic program for sure. worlds. You know, each yeah. guy has to ride on their numbers, their power. They're running on their pacing. They're swimming on their times, their hundred times. So mm. there's a coach that will look after you no matter what you're looking to do. Really love that. We'll put all the details uh, and the link them to this podcast uh, all in the site uh, where you've listened to this podcast. So click on them. It'll take you. The hyperlinks will take you straight through to Embark. Uh, please go and enroll in these programs because we'd love to see you uh, at next year's, uh, not only next year's Ironman, but certainly many other events around the world and know that you've come through the program. Steve, uh, absolute tr- a treat to have you on this podcast. I think that uh, on behalf of everyone who you've helped cross that finish line at the end of, uh, of many a grueling uh, tri- uh, triathlon, just a huge thank you. Cool. I think for that community you've, that you've helped raise, nurture, and look after, um, I, I think it's, uh, there's many people that have medals hanging somewhere in an important place due to your help and, cool. and your team's help. So huge thank thanks. You. Um, I'm definitely, definitely going to give you a shot. I'm going to need yeah. your help, man. We're going to need your help. Chris, what's happening this weekend around the country um firstly i think an international uh team didata won another stage yeah. same guy ben king um so that's some great news um ben king's been on he's been, he's been yes, incredible it was an unbelievable stage uh i mean it was at the edge of my chair there um locally we've got this weekend we've got the uh, ride to nowhere in mcgregor which is mm-hmm. an unbelievable race i've yeah. done that uh, that one a few times it's a three-day stage race then also a nice one everybody speaks about this the baquette boerberg which yes. is in uh Paquette. Paquette. <laughs> and then um, I see it's one of the first uh, road races or fun rides also starting the West Coast Express, which starts at Kuburg Cricket Stadium. Um, and uh, that's it for the weekend. Yeah. Not looking great weather-wise in terms of uh, around the country. If you're in Cape Town, uh, the weekend weather has uh, cold, colder conditions till about Friday. Clears up on Saturday. Um, approaching <laughs> Saturday, though, it's about 13 max. Saturday, 16. Sunday, 17. Starts uh, pretty chilly, 8, 9 degrees. But get out there. The sun will shine on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, in Johannesburg, once again, uh, the weather gods are going to be great to you this coming weekend. You're looking about uh, 20s, early 20s. But freezing cold starts, three degrees, one degrees on respective days in Johannesburg. Um, in Durban, a little bit of rain on Saturday, 19 degrees, Sunday, 21 degrees. And in PE, uh, on and off with a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, pot cloudy conditions, about 23, 24 degrees this weekend. Enjoy if you're out and about on your bicycle. Uh, another uh, time in the saddle next week, Chris Willemser, uh, Jason Linsback, and we will have back on the show soon if his diary permits Steve Atwell again. Thanks, Steve. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks.